Before we dive into the episode, I want to give you all a quick update. For the rest of the month of March, 50% of all Goal Smasher proceeds will go directly to the CARE Ukraine Crisis Fund. CARE is working day and night to reach 4 million Ukrainians with immediate aid and recovery, food, water, hygiene kits, psychological support, and cash assistance. So if you've been wanting a step-by-step goal-setting technique that you have lifetime access to, that's right, you don't just use it for one goal, you use it for life, and you also are wanting to do a little bit of good in this world, this is a great opportunity to get both. Go ahead and go to lifecoachbaker.com forward slash goal smasher to learn more about care and the program. Now onto the episode. It's very helpful is to remember that each person listening to you is only one person Mm -hmm. and they can only experience your words as one person. They don't experience your words as a big glob of people because nobody can They're Everyone is one person. And so when you say we, or you guys, or you all, or everyone, no one feels spoken to. But when you say, when you feel this way, does this ever happen to you? Have you had this experience? When you do this, when you do that, then it becomes personal. And so each person listening feels like they're being spoken to. Welcome to the Life Coach Baker Podcast. I'm Nicole Baker, life coach for perfectionists who want to set goals and actually follow through with them. I went to my first personal development seminar at the age of one. Yes, I was quite literally born into this industry. But by 15, I started to implement this mindset mumbo jumbo I'd heard so much about and it worked. As a recovering perfectionist myself, I've been able to set goals that are way out of my comfort zone and achieve them by doing things imperfectly, without self-judgment, and without the fear of their opinions. And now I help others to do the same. So if you are capital D done feeling like a hostage to this a-hole called perfectionism, then this show is for you. My goal is for you to leave each episode with tactical action steps that you can start to implement in your life now. I may be in my 20s. I may have the voice of a sassier Cinderella, but I've been doing this personal development-ish since I was a toddler. So let's dive in. What is up, my sweet friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Life Coach Baker Podcast. Today, we are sitting down with Carissa Carner, and oh my gosh, this is someone who I have followed, if not slightly stalked on the social media for a very long time and just so admired her work. And when we did that big reach out of what do you guys want to hear, there were definitely a few that really wanted to know, how do I show up? How do I speak on stage, on Instagram, in a reel? There are so many new business owners or wannabe business owners in this community, which hell yeah, we love here. And a lot of owning a business and building a brand involves speaking, whether that's speaking on an Instagram live or on a TikTok or going on a podcast, hello, like this one, or speaking on a stage and giving a presentation. One of the things that I hear the most often is this idea of, well, I can't start speaking unless it's absolutely perfect, unless I don't say any ums, any ahs, any word flubs or whatever. And that fear of I can't show up unless it's perfect halts us from ever even going up and being able to try and being able to just go out and start learning how to do this. So Carissa is the person I wanted to have come on and talk to you all about this. A little bit about Carissa. There is a process to becoming a speaker who is confident, compelling, and shines in the spotlight every time you speak. Carissa Carner uses this process to go from feeling anxious, unsure, and drenched in imposter syndrome, sound familiar, perfectionist, to feeling confident knowing that she has the skills to merge her clinical education, her acting background, we have a lot of those on here too, and powerful public speaking tools to inspire audiences around the world. 
Now she teaches others to rock their stage and their audience every time they speak. Now she uses the same technique to shine on the stage at Disney, the clinical stage, the TEDx stage, heyo, delivers talks to audiences of hundreds with confidence, use the stage as a platform for teaching, leadership, and professional success. Now she teaches this process to help others become confident speakers who know how to communicate their message and make their material compelling and captivating. As a certified world-class speaking coach, a licensed psychotherapist, a TEDx presenter, and a certified clinic coach with a lifetime of professional stage experience, she simplifies the process of exceptional speaking so that anyone can deliver a speech that the audience loves. I mean, what else do you guys need to know? Let's dive straight into this conversation with Carissa Carner. Welcome to the Life Coach Baker podcast, Carissa. I like to always give someone a high porn because it's just like you deserve a high porn as you walk into any room, you know? That is awesome. That makes me feel so regal. <laughs> you are regal. You are the queen of public speaking, let's say. Oh my goodness. Well, uh, before we dive into just so many juicy topics that we have lined up today, who are you and what do you do for the audience so that they can learn a little bit about you? I am Carissa Carner. I'm a world-class speaking coach, and I work with professionals and entrepreneurs who want to be exceptional speakers and rock their stage. Ooh, rock their stage. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I will add, I am also a recovering perfectionist myself. Yes, we love it. Oh my goodness. I would love to dive into you a little bit about how you got started in public speaking, because like, this is some people's nightmare, right? There's a whole, like picture the audience in their underwear for a reason. What made you fall in love with this world? And obviously now coach others on it. Doris. So I like to tell my story in three short acts. (laughs) Oh, you know, you're talking to a perfection or a performer. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I'm a performer myself. So uh, my first act really is I was a little girl who was shy and anxious and so worried about doing everything right never getting in trouble. If you're listening to this podcast, you might be able to relate to some of that. And yeah, guilty (laughs) for sure. But my mom was a storyteller, which is so cool. And she also had done some acting. And in sixth grade, I had this opportunity to do this little class play and I really wanted to do it. And so I auditioned and I got the part I was the only one who auditioned for that part. That's probably why. (laughs) You could have never told us and we'd never know. (laughs) But I appreciate the honesty. Oh my gosh. But my teacher, Mrs. Nuremberg, uh, she, one of my favorite teachers, she pulled me aside and she said, oh, Carissa, you're going to be so good at this. And we can't hear a word you're saying. I was devastated, but she said, don't worry. I have a plan. She, I lived in Yosemite national park mm-hmm. and she said, okay, here's what I want you to do. Go outside and say your lines as loud as you can to the trees. And so I did, I, I went outside and I said my lines to the trees and sure. <laughs> it was that, but really it was her encouragement and her support that I was able to speak loud enough on stage to be heard. And it planted this seed in me of, wow, this is cool on stage, I can kind of be imperfect. I can be powerful and I can take up space and I can use my voice and I can be loud and it's safer. And that instilled in me this love for theater. And I went on, I went to a magnet art high school and I got my undergrad degree in theater and I had an acting career on all kinds of interesting things. I worked at Disneyland and Universal Studios. I was a clown with Ringling Brothers Circus. Stop! You worked for that (laughs) so cool! Oh my gosh! How long did you do that for? And what? (laughs) (laughs) That always stops people. Wait, wait, what? Details. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I went to clown college. I I auditioned and went to clown college in Florida. And that was uh, just about two months. And then we continued to perform. We performed uh, in Texas for a while, just an all clown show. And then I got a contract on the circus. So some of us were selected to, to go onto the circus. But honestly, I didn't stay very long because as somebody who had been acting most of my life, I was really bored. There was not a lot of performance. We had a couple clown gigs that we did in the whole big show, 
but I was kind of bored by it. And so I didn't stay very long yeah. and I ran away from the circus instead of running. This is a movie. Where is Disney? I need rights and I need them to see this now. Oh my gosh. So you left the circus. Yeah. So I left the circus, continued acting, uh, you know, acted all over. And at one point I, I had a job with the natural history museum of Los Angeles County. Mm-hmm. I, I performed in a life-size adolescent triceratops puppet inside, like as a, I, I wish listeners could see my face right now. This is the best story I have ever heard. Oh my God. <laughs> but that was really hard on my body. So I got injured and it was a kind of a life pivot for me. And so I went back to school and this is really act two. I went back to school to become a psychotherapist. So I got my license as a psychotherapist. I started a a psychotherapy practice, but as a therapist, my world got really small because I'm in one room with one person all day, every day. And I love doing the work, but I really wanted my life to get bigger again. I wanted to get back on stage, so to speak. And And so I started dabbling in public speaking, a little bit of teaching. I went to Toastmasters and and I found that even though as a, as an actress, I was very confident on stage being somebody else, Mm -hmm. but speaking as myself was a whole nother ball of whatever yarn ball of (laughs) nuts and bolts, (laughs) ball of fear and terror. Totally. And so a lot of my perfectionism came up around, oh my gosh, I have to be perfect to do this. But I kept trying and I went to Toastmasters and there at Toastmasters, my, my fellow Toastmaster and friend Sharif one day said, Hey, Carissa, would you like to come and be a part of this TEDx talk I'm curating? Uh, uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a no brainer. Oh my gosh. And it was this wonderful experience of being invited to do something that was on my bucket list that I had always wanted to do. And I was so excited and we had about maybe a little less than a year to prepare, but I was Mm -hmm. so excited, but I felt like, oh my gosh, this is such a big thing. This is a TEDx talk. I have to be the most amazing, best, perfect, fantastic (laughs) TEDx talker ever in the world. I better be like Brene Brown or I shouldn't do it at all. Literally get out of my head. I super short side tangent. When I was first preparing for my TEDx applications, I was like, okay, I'm going to get some inspiration. Watch Brene Brown's. That was a mistake because then I was like, it has to be as good as hers. And um, I had a small like dooms spiral and then remembered all the things that you and I have talked about for sure. But when it comes to this, but I'm cackling that that's the example you use. That's amazing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I watched her talks probably, I had seen them, you know, before, but I, I probably watched them three or four times, like yeah. both of her talks over and over again and countless others. And I, I was in agony for most of that eight or nine months where I was preparing because I had this constant little voice in my head saying, Nope, that's not good enough. Nope. That's not. Oh, you better watch another Ted talk. Oh, you better rewrite that. Oh, you should probably burn the whole thing and start again. (laughs) And I didn't really know. I didn't know where to go for help. I didn't know who to ask for help. I don't think I even realized that somebody could help me with that process. I really was in that place of thinking that I had to do it all by myself and I had to magically know how to make it perfect, which I didn't do. Yeah. So I, you know, the Ted talk was fine. When I go back and look at it now, it it really wasn't bad. It was decent. It was fine. I relied a lot on my acting chops for that Ted talk (laughs) for that background, because it really helped me considerably. Yeah. But I wish I could go back and coach my Carissa self of back then. It was just like four or five years ago, but I wish I could go and teach her all I know now because now act three, now I feel comfortable speaking as myself. I know I'm not going to be perfect and it will be okay. I really have found my voice and, and I've just, 
I've reached out for help. So I, I have my certification in world-class speaking. I've learned the skills of public speaking. I have figured out how to merge the acting and public speaking together. And then I help other people. I take all that and help other people become exceptional speakers. And it's such a different place now than I was then. I wish listeners could just see the glow of light that just like embodied you because you talking about that is just, it's so crystal clear how much you love this work. And that is just so incredible. I'd love to talk about in between act two and act three, what brought you from holy God, this has to be perfect. Panic, 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 can't reach out for help to now literally a phenomenal speaker on stage and off. You. You're welcome. I'm, I literally, a little backstory for listeners. I've stalked your Instagram so much because I'm like, holy God, this woman knows what she's doing. You are so confident and you're so clear in the way that you speak. And I feel like a lot of people are terrified because they feel like if they show up, they don't have those things. So yeah, I'd love to hear the in-between. What what brought you from there to there? It was really doing that TED Talk that I, I, I wanted to do more. I enjoyed public speaking and I realized, wow, this is a way that I can take that that actress in me and and give her life again because yeah. I really hadn't had the opportunity to be a performer in such a long time. And so I really had this love and this desire in me to do more. I also wanted to grow a second business. I wanted to do something else besides just be a therapist. And all of that motivated me to figure out, okay, I need to ask for help. Mm -hmm. I need to find somebody who can show me the way. And so I started to dabble a little bit. I did more with Toastmasters and I found this wonderful woman, Nancy Seatland, who taught me how to work with the fear of public speaking. So she's also a therapist and she taught me all of her her therapy tools as an EMDR therapist to work with that fear. And that was really cool. And that's kind of ignited the fire in me to work with others. But then I found my mentor and teacher, Craig Valentine, who really helped me find my voice. He is somebody who has had such an incredible impact on me. He's an amazing speaker and he is a phenomenal teacher Mm-hmm. in that he knows how to take this art of public speaking and break it down into structures and formulas and bite-sized digestible bits of learning so that anyone can learn how to speak well. And so I, I studied with him as a speaker and I studied with him as a coach to coach mm-hmm. others and share all of that with people who like me want to be great speakers, but have some fear, some trepidation about showing up as themselves. I want to highlight this because this is so important. A lot of us think that if we're going to coach or, or be a mentor in any way to others, we suddenly need to have all the chops. It's just like born in us. You need to just like turn it on. And that's, it's like a light switch or it's a magic pill, right? You went through the work of getting mentored so you can mentor others. And I think it's so important that like, we always say on this podcast, coaches need coaches and therapists need therapists, you know, mentors need mentors. And I think that it's so important to highlight that like you took some time and like took someone else's knowledge. And then now it's like embodied in your own. Um, oh, oh, I have so many questions. Where do I even start? Um, for the perfectionists out there who, who are listening to this or the recovering perfectionists as well. A lot of the time showing up in any capacity where you're speaking, whether it's on a podcast or on Instagram or on stage, there's this, like, it must be perfect. Like you were saying with your Ted talk, what are some things you tell people who are experiencing that fear? Like, what are some steps you give them? Yeah. I was just thinking as you were saying that, how much I have to work in that space of my own growing edge all the time, because as a speaking coach, it's very easy to fall into this trap that my speaking has to be perfect. Mm -hmm. I have to just demonstrate and display perfect speaking in order to be good enough to teach others. And so I have to use these tools myself a lot. Yeah. And one of my favorite tools is 
to focus on connection, not perfection. The chills that just shot up my body. That was, oh, talk that out. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. It makes a world of difference. When you come back, like right now, I can be here with you, Nicole. We're two human beings talking to each other. When my brain starts to go, oh, are you saying the words right? Are you saying really too much? Are you saying um too much? That I, I say, okay, thank you. And I come back and I just say, okay, here I am with Nicole. And then I take the focus off of that perfection. So I'm not trying to say, stop it. Stop trying to be perfect. I'm not trying to shut it down, but I'm just refocusing my attention on that connection and on being able to offer value and to stay in this connection with you and the connection with the listeners so that I'm not so worried about myself. Oh my God. Do another Ted talk. That was so good. Like, go do this as a Ted talk. That was so good. Like you, I've been horrified by what we are witnessing happen in Ukraine. And also like you, I've been racking my brain on how I can assist not only through my personal life, but in my business too. That's why I've decided that for the rest of March, 50% of all Goal Smasher proceeds will go directly to the Care Ukraine Crisis Fund. In case you missed it, Goal Smasher is my self-paced course that helps you go through my step-by-step goal-setting technique specifically made for the perfectionist mindset. We'll clarify your goals, create an overwhelm and action-packed plan, and plus you'll learn how to create consistent motivation so you're not burning out halfway through and you can actually see your goal through to the very end. Plus, this is a lifetime access course, so you can use it not only on your current goals, but all your future goals as well. To learn more about why we chose the Care Ukraine Crisis Fund and to learn more about the course Goal Smasher, click the link in the show notes or go to lifecoachbaker.com forward slash Goal Smasher. Now back to the episode. You and I talked about the the three delivery tools that you really work on with people. Is connection number one or are there three totally separate ones that you'd be willing to share? Yeah, sure. I have three different ones to share. Ooh, okay. The focusing on connection is huge. I think just for the perfectionism piece. So to have some place else for your brain to go and also the perfectionism piece breathing. I, I know it can kind of seem trite sometimes to say breathe, but man, our breath can be powerful. Yeah. So when you can bring your breath back down into your body and just breathe into your belly or even breathe in and out of your feet, feel your butt in the chair. If you're sitting down or yeah. feel your feet on the floor, if you're standing up and send your breath down, it makes a world of difference yeah. in grounding you. But the big delivery tools that I love. So one is being what I call you focused. So often when we speak, I'm doing it. I just did it right now. So often when we speak, we say, we, Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> or we say everyone like, Hey, everyone. And what is very helpful is to remember that each person listening to you is only one person Mm -hmm. and they can only experience your words as one person. They don't experience your words as a big glob of people because nobody can They're Everyone is one person. And so when you say we, or you guys, or you all, or everyone, no one feels spoken to. But when you say, when you feel this way, does this ever happen to you? Have you had this experience? When you do this, when you do that, then it becomes personal. And so each person listening feels like they're being spoken to. I feel like you're like, I'm literally like leaning into the computer so much because I'm like, you are just such a captivating person. And that makes so much sense that that is so important. And I'll be frank, I've never heard someone say that before ever. Huh. Oh my, keep going. You're fantastic. Wow. <laughs> uh, I'll share with you a little piece of that too. My, my mentor, Craig Valentine says, uh, do the hallway test. And I love this. He said, imagine that you're walking by somebody in a hallway. So, you know, if Nicole, you and I were walking mm-hmm. by each other in a hallway, if I walked by you and I said, Hey everyone, how are you all doing today? You'd be like, double take Carissa. Why are you being weird? <laughs> But if I said, hi, how are you? What's going on with you? That would not be weird. That would be a regular conversation. That's the hallway test. 
You're brilliant. That totally makes sense. Yes, yes, yes. I, lo- I love two? that tool. I love that tool. So, okay. The next one is mental period. This is something I've personally been working with a lot. And I find it so helpful is to imagine putting a mental period at the end of your sentences. When we speak, it's so easy for our brain to get ahead of our mouth. It's so easy for your thoughts to go faster than you can keep up with. And that's when you start saying a more, that's when you start to ramble more, you're less succinct. A simple tool is to imagine putting a period at the end of your sentence and pause can even breathe. Please breathe. <laughs> and then continue yeah. speaking. <laughs> please breathe. Yes, please breathe. It's such a helpful tool to just have that little imaginal period. And it also, I think helps with pacing because we can, you can very easily start to speak too fast when you have a lot of thoughts in your head. When you imagine putting that period at the end of your sentence, then your pace slows down and people have time to keep up with what you're saying. I feel like you're adding me so hard right now. (laughs) This is so good. (laughs) What's number three? This is fascinating. The number three is when you speak on camera or on stage or in a reel or in an Instagram live, so often it can be easy to think that you have to be like somebody else. What I bam, love- bam, bam. Sorry, oh, is this okay. like perfectionist? This is you. <laughs> I'm so sorry to interrupt. Please keep oh, going. Sound effects are always welcome. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> so what I like to talk about is just turning up the dial of you. Mm-hmm. Because when you speak that, of course, your energy is different. That even now on the podcast with you that, yeah, we're just having a conversation, but I am turning my energy up a little bit mm-hmm. more than I would if we were sitting in Starbucks, having a latte together Yeah, because there is a little bit of performance quality, but it's so important to still be yourself. So I like to say, let more of you shine through, but turn up that dial of you. So it's like you are being you a little bit magnified. You're being you with the dial turned a little bit up. So if you can think about it, like if you were hosting a party that if you were coming to my house for a party, I wouldn't open the door and say, oh, hey, I'm glad to see you. Mm -hmm. I would say, Nicole, I'm so glad to see you. Oh my gosh. You brought a bottle of wine. How cool. Come on in. Oh, everybody's out back. You know, my energy would be a little bit more amplified and it's the same idea. So it's not about pretending to be someone else. It's just turning that dial of you up for someone who might be like, what does that look like for me? Like, I'm not really sure what that me version of Mm. a little bit more energy might look like. What would your advice to them be? It takes practice to be you when you're in the spotlight. (gasps) Period. (laughs) That was a mental period. Phenomenal. <laughs> um, I know you've talked about having a starter formula and a lot of people who listen to the show are either new business owners or are really wanting to start a business. And a part of starting a business is having a social presence. Sometimes, not always, but in the majority, I'm going to say it is. For someone who's like, how in the God's given heck, do I even start showing up online? I don't know what to say. What is your formula for that? There's a wonderful formula for how to start any speech, any talk alive, which is a three-part formula. And you can adapt it a little bit, you know, of course, doing, doing a presentation on stage is going to be different than doing a reel or doing yeah. a live. So they're all a little bit different, but this three-part formula can be adapted for any time you speak. And it starts with number one, start off with a bang. Ooh. It looks a lot like a hook. Yeah. When you're looking at marketing. Yeah. It's doing something to draw your audience in. Another way to think about it is to tap and transport. So tapping into your audience's world to transport them into yours. 
Oh, can you talk that out? That's really important. Yes. Sure. Yes. So tap and transport. Uh, this is another Craig Valentine ism. That's his, his words, tap and transport or tap tease and transport. You can add a little tease in there too, but it's really about anytime you're speaking about you that it's very helpful to tap into your audience's world, to transport them into your story or what you're going to say, your teaching points so that you're not just monologuing or preaching, but you're actually drawing them in to what you have to say. So if I was going to tell a story, for example, I might say like, just thinking back to my story about Mrs. Yerenberg and the sixth grade teaching, I might say, have you ever had a favorite teacher? And then the audience starts to think, oh, have I? Yeah, I did. You know, Mr. Cancio in, in seventh grade was my favorite. And they, their, their mind and their memories and their imagination has started to conjure up pictures and thoughts in their heads. So their world is activated. We've tapped into their world. And then when I start speaking about my story, they feel like they're a part of it because their favorite teacher has already been activated in their mind. Oh, that's good. That's really good. It makes a world of difference. And when you check in with your audience, you tap into their world, you check in with them. Then even though you're not having an actual conversation, if, I mean, we're having a conversation, but if I were doing a live or if I were speaking on stage, that it's not a back and forth conversation, but there's still that feeling of conversation that we're in this together. The audience and I are doing this together. It's not just me up here with a big wall in front of me. It's totally a lot of the times on this podcast, we talk about the neuroscience behind questions in our head and how our brain is such an overachiever. It loves to answer every question. I like to like compare it to like almost Hermione Granger where it's like instant, instant answer. And if we were to ask like, what color is the sky? Our brain is me like blue. Uh, what's your name? Carissa. Uh, a lot of the times, a lot of people are asking, why am I such a failure? Yeah. Your brain's going to start answering those questions, but I never thought about using it in this sense, like to draw someone in because they're going to automatically answer that question. That's brilliant. Oh, yes. Oh, I love how you made that connection. That's so cool. Yeah. I love the brain. Take (laughs) questions out of the brain and speak them. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, we love neuroscience. Amazing. Um, What's the second one? So after the hook or no, you call it the, pardon, call it a bang because it's not, I mean, it is a hook. And when you're thinking about a bigger speech, just so that this is, we're applying this to everything. Mm -hmm. It's nice to think about it as a bang because it's something that's going to catch the audience's interest. So it could be a question. It could be that you're starting with a story. It could be that you're starting with a hook, but something that will, something that goes bang and everybody yeah. turns their head and says, Oh, what was that? I'm paying attention now. Totally. I heard something one time. I was like for Ted talk specifically, if you're starting with a story, it's like starting in the middle of the conflict of the story. Yeah. And yes. yes Learn exactly. But like having that, like you start at your rock bottom, quote unquote, of the story rather than like, and then one day we went to school and rah, 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 you know, cause yeah, exactly. Yeah. Starting right before the conflict is about to happen is, yes. or even right in the middle of the conflict is the most exciting way to start a story. <sighs> yes. This yes. is good. So after the bang, so after the bang, then a big promise. Hmm. That, that the reason I say, you know, let's not call it the hook for the the bang is because the promise can also be a hook. So the promise is, here's what I'm going to tell you. Here's what you're going to get out of sticking with me for 30 seconds or 10 minutes or an hour as I speak is you're going to get this really cool thing. And so that in a way is another hook because you're saying this is your buy-in. Hmm. And so a big promise can look like, um, let's see, I'm trying to think if, if we had one already that you and I used in, in this episode, but just something where you say, you know, when you stick around to the end of this talk, you're going to pick up the tools to do X, Y, and Z, and it's Mm going to change your life in this way. Yeah. So you're basically laying out what they're going to get out the result that they're going to get out of listening. 
So it might even, you might even do it in a reel if you're doing a speaking reel, but more likely in a live or something a little bit longer, you might say, you know, I'm going to go over X, Y, and Z so that you can have reels that consistently get more engagement. Totally. That would be your big promise. Mm -hmm. And then the third part is your roadmap. So you tell them how you're going to do it. Here's the promise. Here's what I'm going to deliver. And here's how I'm going to do it. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you three tools to get more, more engagement on your reels by going through the, by going through delivery hooks and how to use a camera an iPhone camera. You should put improv on your resume. You're doing so good. Honestly, <laughs> I'm really, I'm throwing so much at you. This is incredible. So let's say, for example, someone is doing like the very first, like, here's my business. I'm launching a business selling lawnmowers. I don't know. The, could the, the third part kind of almost be like the, the, like, I'm going to break down like the five steps as to why your lawnmower currently sucks and why this one rocks, like something like that. Totally. Yes. This is so interesting. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm not an expert at reels. So I love your reels are so wonderful. I'm such a fan of your Instagram and your wonderful reels. And so mutual. it's so mutual. (laughs) I love that you're taking this and you're applying it to reels even more. Cause I think that's absolutely exactly how you can apply this to something short, like a reel. I'm just going to do a little hair toss. Thank you. Thank you. It's very kind. Can even do the nail, ha ha, and rub it on your shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Is there, you said three part, right? So it's the, the bang, the promise. And what did you call the last part? The roadmap, the roadmap, the roadmap. Yeah. I would challenge everyone listening to, if there's something that maybe you're like presenting something to a boss or you're about to go on stage or you're doing something that requires you to show up, try this method, utilize it and see what happens. Cause I think so often we think of like public speaking as just like this blank slate and we forget that there's a, a a formula. There's a formula that we can follow that makes it not as open and overwhelming. Yes. So there's a woman, an amazing speaking teacher named Patricia Fripp. And in fact, my mentor studied with her. She's been doing this for a long time. And she says one of my all-time favorite quotes, she says, structure doesn't freeze you, F-R-E-E-Z-E. Structure doesn't freeze you. It frees you, F-R-E-E-S. It frees you. Oh, that could be applied to so much. That's so good. <laughs> yes. Yes. And with, for myself, with the, the perfectionism parts of me, when I have structures to lean into that I trust, that I know, oh, this is a, this is a structure that works, or this is a formula mm-hmm. that works, that it really lets go of some of that pressure to be yeah. perfect because I'm like, oh, I can lean it. I can lean on this wall here. <laughs> And, and I'm going to be okay rather than having to figure it all out and do it all myself and not really know if it's going to be good enough. Totally. I also feel like it gives you an option to like write down a messy first draft. Like a lot of the times we feel like the first time we write something, it has to be like the final product. Like maybe logically we don't think this, but like there's a little subconscious that's like, Oh, you just, you misspelled that word, go back and fix it. Like, you know, and I feel like having a structure kind of gives you the permission to just like, okay, first draft of the bang, first draft of the promise, first draft of the roadmap, and then go back and clean it. It just chunks it down a little bit more, which I think is so important for not only our follow through, but our brain actually being able to follow through and really working with the strengths of our brain rather than against them. Yes. Yes. Working with the strength of our brain. So many times we don't do that. And I'm so guilty of it. I'm so not perfect at that. What are some of your favorite like do's and don'ts? If you had to do some rapid fire, like do's and don'ts of public speaking, what would you say are the top ones? Ooh, do you stories? Ooh, okay. Is do there a reason stories. why? Oh, stories are like the magic sauce of speaking. Yeah. They are what bring speaking to life. Mm-hmm. 
they also anchor your material. So when you can tell a story and tie it into your teaching point, then people remember what the heck you're talking about because they have their, their brain working with our brain, working with your brain, it gives something for your brain to anchor into. And then also your material is memorable. Mm. Ooh. And I also throw in there, how many years have we been a storytelling society? Exactly. Millions, millions of years. We've anchored our story muscle in our brain is so strong. So it makes sense that like when that's activated, it's like ding, light bulb. Yeah. 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 We're, we're hardwired to listen to stories. We've we've sat around campfires and told stories for entertainment. We will literally binge watch Netflix for days. Exactly. (laughs) To watch stories. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. That's really good. What else? So do use stories. And when you tell you stories, do use dialogue. Ooh. Okay. Stories are much more powerful when you say, and then Mrs. Zierenberg said, Carissa, whatever I said there, you know, Carissa, I think you're going to be really good at this and we can't hear you is much more interesting than I said. And then my teacher, Mrs. Zierenberg told me that she thought I was going to be good at it, but she couldn't hear what I was yeah. saying. There's something about dialogue that makes the story come to life. So yeah. the magic of stories becomes even more exciting when you add dialogue. That makes a lot of sense. So some more do's do practice, practice, (laughs) please (laughs) practice. Like I said, it takes practice to be you, to feel Mm. like yourself on stage. It's the weirdest thing. It's like, well, I'm me. Shouldn't I just be able to go and be me? But when, especially if there's nerves involved and all kinds of things going on in the nervous system and the hormones in the brain that it's easy to not feel like yourself. So it takes practice. It takes practice to be yourself, practice as much as you can. Oh, I love that. We all, we often talk on this podcast about what I call Harry Potter syndrome. I'm apparently just linking everything to HP today, but how Harry goes to school and is, I almost said freshman year. Wow. In his first year and hops on a broomstick and he's literally the LeBron James of the Quidditch world in like two seconds flat. We're all looking for that secret skill, like that thing we can just do, like a drop of hat. We don't have to think about it, blah, blah, blah. And that's so not real. Sure, some things will come a little bit easier to us for, for wiring, for nurture, versus nature, whatever. But so often there's that practice and practice and practice. There was a huge viral sound just recently oh my gosh, what was like practice and practice and practice practice makes what? And an audience said, perfect. And he goes, absolutely not dismantle that belief system. Practice makes improvement. And wow. I think that's just so important. So important. Yes. And really you don't want to be perfect. No. When, when I try and be perfect, when I speak, I'm way less human. And I can see that when I go back, I'm like, oh, I was really nervous about this. I, 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 I prepared that preparation is important, is very vital, but I prepared in such a way that I didn't give myself room to just be a human. You're dropping dimes in this podcast. (laughs) Chris, that was so good. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I retweet. I retweet so hard. Oh. What are some of your top, like, don'ts if you had any? Okay. So one would be don't, don't speak to all. So just in in counterpoint to what I was sharing before, don't speak to all speak to one. Don't focus on perfection. Allow Mm -hmm. yourself to be real and be human and don't monologue and don't preach. If you can avoid it. I I always hesitate to, to do don'ts because I really want to encourage people to get out and do their best. Yeah. That speaking, it happens to me when I watch people who are very, very skillful and have been doing public speaking for decades. And I think, oh no, I'm not good enough Yeah, because I still say, um, and I still (laughs) use these silly filler words and I don't have the best, most succinct way of speaking. But when I come back and say, you know what? I have a lot to offer and it's okay to just be me. And the people who need to hear my message are going to listen. Then 
that's what I want to impart to other people is don't worry how many times you say, um, if you forget everything I just told you today about improving your speaking, who cares? Just get out and try it and just do your best to show up and be you and know that it's going to take time to be confident being you. Oh my God. You're so wise. You're so wise. If you could go back and tell act two version of yourself, Ted talk version, one thing, what would it be? Get support. Go get some help. It's okay. Yeah. And it's okay for people to see your messy material. I'm speechless. (laughs) Can you say that last sentence one more time so people really get it? Yeah. It's okay for someone to see your messy material. I'm like near to tears. That was just so beautiful. Oh my God. I think as we're talking about this, that that is a big part of why I didn't seek out help is because I didn't want anyone to see me in that messy stage. Mm -hmm. I was too embarrassed. I felt ashamed that I wasn't Brene Brown yet. And so I didn't, I I didn't want anyone to see that. And thank goodness. I, I'm totally fine now saying, Hey, Craig, look at my terrible, messy story. Well, it's probably not terrible, but that's my perfectionism. (laughs) (laughs) How can I make it better? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I just, you are so amazing. I want people to know how they can work with you. And because there's a lot of people on here who are doing some form of public speaking, whether that's through wanting to show up more confidently for themselves and their business or going into auditions. We have a lot of performers on this pot or listening to this podcast. What are some ways that they can go even deeper into this material with you? So for me, you can find me on my website, carissacarner.com. It's C-A-R-I-S-S-A-K-A-R-N-E-R.com. We'll also put the link in the show notes as well. Perfect. And Mm -hmm. not perfect. Wonderful. (laughs) Imperfect. I love it. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) And you can access me all the ways there. You can find my Facebook group there. You can find my course there. You can find uh, links to book a call with me. I have a mastermind Mm -hmm. that I've just opened up. You can also find me pretty much everywhere. I'm Carissa Carner. So on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn all Carissa Carner. So I've tried to make it as easy, as seamless as possible to find me anywhere. I love that. And you just had a course come out correctly. Correct. What's the course about? The course is called the fearless speakers toolkit. Good title. (laughs) That was a good title. Oh my God. And I'm with even just from this today, I'm like, I have no doubt that I could go through that program and become a fearless speaker. Like zero doubt. You're so wise. So that, that course, it has three pillars and it's really designed for entrepreneurs or anybody who is wanting to promote a business, start a business. I looked at what did I most need as an entrepreneur when I was starting out with speaking? And so I developed the course that way. It's about confidence. So one pillar is all about confidence, decreasing anxiety, increasing your confidence. The next pillar is about crafting that brand message, your message of what it is you do, being able to say that in a way that is succinct and clear. So when people say, what do you do? This used to happen to me. They'd say, what do you do? Uh, well, I kind of work with women who, yep. uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't know how to say it. And so getting some clarity on what your magic is, who your people are, and then how to say that in a nice, succinct way. And then the third pillar is all about crafting your brand story. So storytelling skills and being able to walk away with, ah, I know how to tell my story. I can go on podcast interviews. I can talk about what I do in a live. I can go do a vlog and I'll know how to talk about my story. Oh my God. And they can find that on your website. They can find that on my website on the, as soon as you open it up, you'll see there's a, a link for the course. Perfect. I really encourage people to go check it out. Cause it sounds really life-changing. Cause like, you know, the whole phrase teach a or give a man a fish. He can eat for a day, teach a man to fish. He can eat for a life. Like this is so 
true. And we are becoming such a society of talking, of Instagram, of sharing, of TikToks, of podcasts. And like, there's so much showing up and letting that fear stop you from doing it is not only hurting you right now, it's hurting you long-term from going after your dreams. So having these tools now gives you the opportunity to, you know, eat a fish for the rest of your life, so to speak. Yes. (laughs) All the fish you want. (laughs) I want all the fishes. Oh my God. Carissa, before we wrap up, I always have guests do two segments that we do every episode. The first one is what is a step towards a goal you made this week so that we can celebrate with you? Ooh, I love it. I opened a mastermind this week that I'm very excited about. So it's a, it's a high level mastermind for a very small group of people that will walk with me for six months and I'll be able to really help them be exceptional speakers, craft a Ted talk, craft a keynote speech, whatever their goals are with speaking that will work on delivery tools or work on structures. We'll work on how to get booked, how to get paid, how to be super confident, how to get called back, all of those things for people who are at the level where they're wanting to use speaking to grow their business and to be more successful. I'm super excited about that it. That is a big step. That is a major goal to celebrate. Congratulations. I'm so happy for you. And then of course, last but not least, how were you imperfect this week? So many ways. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a highlight reel. <laughs> so one that stands out for me is I, I was planning, I'd carved out time on Wednesday to record some videos for my course. And I've set a pretty rigorous, like, okay, I record this day and I record this day and everything's laid out and some things happened. And I looked at my schedule and I realized I am not going to be able to record anything today. And I started to panic about it. Oh no, my timeline's going to be all off. And I just said, you know what? It's out of your control, Carissa. There's nothing you can do about it. Just let it go. And you'll, you'll adapt, you'll adjust. And I thought I have to record all those videos. I was going to record the next day I was going to record. No, no, you don't. It's all right. It's going to be okay. Just let it go and adjust accordingly. Everyone take that and implement it in your own life right now. That's so important. Oh my gosh. Carissa, you are a phenomenal human being. Any chance to talk to you is just such a gift. Thank you so much for being here. This was my pleasure. It is such a joy, such a joy to speak with you and so much fun. I feel like I want to, I want to have coffee and talk again. <laughs> Let's go get a latte. <laughs> get a latte. <laughs> I mean, golly, <laughs> like, oh, I love her so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Carissa, for being on this show. It is unbelievably a joy to just have you have you here and to be able to talk. If you guys want to check out more of her work, her Instagram, the course that she mentioned, all the links to that are in the show notes, or you can just go to Instagram at Carissa Carner. She's all on there and she's phenomenal. She drops so many educational videos with like little bite-sized nuggets that are just so, so, so good. So I highly recommend going to check her out. Thank you, as always, to Ariel Villafan, who is our podcast editor and producer and the just blood that keeps this podcast going. She is incredible. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Ariel, for making this podcast go around. If you guys enjoyed this episode, you know what to do. Rate, review on the sweet iTunes. It really helps us get up the charts so that more people can hear the show or, or, and or, you can go to the share button and share this with a friend, share it on social media, and tag me at Life Coach Baker because I want to give you the biggest virtual hug of all time. Until next time, I will talk to you all soon, and I hope you have a beautiful day. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Life Coach Baker podcast. Don't forget to check out Goal Smasher, my step-by-step technique to help you set clear goals, create an overwhelm-free plan, and learn the secret for keeping your motivation consistent and high. Check it out by going to the link in the show notes or by searching lifecoachbaker.com forward slash goal smasher. Also take a moment to rate the podcast and write a review. It is the best way to get the word out there. Plus you'll get the chance of having your review read on the show. Until next time, I'll talk to you soon. Bye.